0: Brendan Fry of My Ransom Soul is meeting with The Antidote. Brendan, thanks a lot for joining in. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Really, we really appreciate it. How about filling us in about where My Ransom Soul comes from and how you guys first formed up as a band?
1: Um, well, it, it's funny because my, my brother and I uh, started the band when I was pretty young. I, I'm 21 right now, and we, we started playing music together when I was about 13, uh, it was when we really first like had our first practice for the band. It was us and uh one of our best friends that we had grown up with and for a long time it was just just us playing some shows here and there and nothing really of any significance and we we didn't really have a set sound or anything. We were kind of just like that awful garage band kind of dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had we had no intention of playing really the music that we play now and Over time, it just kind of evolved as we started acquiring different tastes in music and started taking things a little bit more
0: seriously on our end. So is this why I cannot find your old EP's from the early days? (laughs) Did you make them disappear? We did a small purging of some (laughs) old releases. I mean... It's kind of
1: like, you know, if you have a a famous painter, you don't want, you wouldn't want your, the first thing that people see to be the drawings you did when you were like six or seven years old. I mean, so it's kind of like the same idea. Like, sure, someone might value that as something, but they care more about
0: what you're doing now. And I kind of want to direct people towards that. So many bands say that, but sometimes don't you think it's just they're being harshly critical of their early work?
1: I mean, yes and no. Uh, some of our like first demos, I would not let anyone see the light of day. Uh, for for that, uh, I just I don't want that to be even mentioned. But uh, <laughs> some of our old EPs and everything, I mean, it definitely shows some growing and everything because a lot of them, we like I said, like, I think the first recording ever released was like I was like fourteen or fifteen years old, and it's just, a lot of things really have changed. So I mean, like your voice had changed. Well, it's well, yes, in some ways. I mean, I still did the the more harsher, uh, like scream vocals, if you will. Uh, even then, what's well, kind of uncommon for someone of my of my age at the time. But just the the whole entire musical structure, everything we're 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 not even really the the same band musically at all. So it's it's not really a good representation because we've had I think I counted the other day since we started probably about twenty different members over time. Like it's been. It's been a lot like between that and various fill in members we've had here and there. So it, it's
0: really evolved a lot over time. But you and your brother have been the constants?
1: Yes, the the only constants for a long time are um our friend Daniel who was our drummer up until about 2012. We were the, only, the main constants and then he he left the band when he decided he wanted to uh join the military. So that's when it just became my brother and I and whoever we
0: had at the time. You guys have a new album, Trilateral releases February 24th. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear about the writing and recording process for that. Sure.
1: Well, it was interesting because we, we had a chance to go back with our good friend, uh, Chris Galvez. He had recorded our, our previous album back in 2000. We actually recorded it in 2012, but released in 2013 uh, falsehoods. He he was at the time the in-house engineer for Redcore Records, and we kind of just developed a, a bond with him when uh, we went to record with him, and we were able to return and have him actually meet us in our in our uh, hometown uh, in Maryland to record the album. He has a, a mobile recording studio set up that he actually brought to my home and set up into my basement, and we just recorded the whole album there. Uh, so. Surprisingly, the basement recording has been my favorite recording so far. <laughs> it, it's, it, the quality he he gets from from just his natural talent and experience and the equipment that he chooses to invest in is just it's, it's something we were really proud of um, to be able to work with him again. Uh, as far as the writing process goes, it was something that we really had a lot more time to put into. Uh, the last album we had recorded, we only did about two months of writing before we were supposed to go in and record really, we kind of rushed it a little bit. This time we had some more time to actually sit and think about what we were doing more like a, a almost a full year to really just write new material and kind of craft what we wanted. And Chris really helped us shape the sound of that after we brought him all the elements during the recording process. So for about two weeks, we sat in the basement between working our full-time jobs, recorded as much as we could and after the end of the two weeks the the album was done and we sent it off for mixing and mastering
0: wow fast process
1: yeah we, we uh we all were on super tight schedules like i said we we all have our own uh career jobs that we were trying to pursue and you know i mean music's our passion so we don't really do this as
0: much as we'd like but you, know, you gotta be able to pay the bills somehow okay then Brandon, you have to own up what is your full-time profession um, I actually
1: work as a uh, IT support specialist for a local community college.
0: Well, that just fits right in, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> it kind of really surprises some of my coworkers when they find out that
1: I that I play in a band of, of this nature. Uh, they they never really guess it from my appearance and my demeanor. They just would never guess that I'm the kid that that uh,
0: does vocals for a metal band. <laughs> Okay, so with the album, with Trilateral, how different is it in comparison to your last full length, to Falsehoods? Uh, I feel like with Falsehoods, it, it was the first
1: record that we were able to set a foundation of the sound we were really looking for. Um, Falsehoods was a, a much more raw take on our music, but it was the first one that we really felt was comfortable representation of what we wanted to people to hear. Uh, it, it's one of those things where we, we, we look back on it and we're like, you know, sure, there were things that we could have fixed, but we don't really have any regrets with it. And that was, like, really a first-time thing for us, because, you know, as you said earlier, being overly critical of yourself, we've always been a little critical of ourselves, but now we can actually look back and say, hey, there are still some good songs on there. A lateral, on the other hand, was being able to take that foundation that we set on the last record and really run with it in a more creative way, in my own opinion. Uh, we had some new people come in between falsehoods and trilateral that helped shape it up a little bit more. And because we were comfortable working with Chris, he knew us, we knew him and he kind of knew which direction we really wanted to go this time. So it was kind of just a continuation of making a um,
0: more creative version of the last album. You know, the more I listened to trilateral, the more I'm starting to think that my ransom soul is more punk than hardcore, you know, because lyrically you guys are mostly taking shots at issues in society.
1: Well, I mean, if you're coming from the, the aspect of punk being more of like a, a demeanor, then sure. I, exactly. That's what I mean. Um, like, I mean, obviously like stylistically it's more on the, the metal core side and everything, but I, I mean, it's, the way i see it is that if you're passionate about something it should come out in the music that you write and things that i've been able to write about on trilateral is kind of just like the sum of my own views as i've as i've been able to grow a little bit older and a little bit more understanding of my own personal views on the world it's things i see that i'd like to address and i feel like if you're addressing it for music it's, it's a good outlet to really just
0: to share your mind but I thought Christians were supposed to be just totally accepting and supportive of <laughs> everything that's put in front of them. You mean that's not true? Well, <laughs> I, I guess it would be a little bit more of a, of a
1: misconception. I mean, there's uh, the only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is really just your, your beliefs in who God is and what God is. Obviously, there's various other complicated aspects to that, but... The way I see it is, I, it's, it's more of me just being a normal person, giving my my own view on the world, whether or not it's popular or not. I think it's something that everyone should have a right to come and say what they need to say, uh, especially when you, it's something that you think that could help society in, in a better way. Um, I think that the things that I'm addressing in some of the lyrics on the album, especially some political aspects, are things that, a lot of bands, especially in this subset of music, just don't address nearly as much. Has I feel like it has a little bit more substance than the songs that are written about, you know, there's like a million songs written about relationships with, you know, guys and girls or friendships and stuff like that. And like, that's, that's all well and good. But as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to kind of dive a little bit deeper into some tougher topics.
0: I have to agree. I find so much of it is so generic. Yeah. After a while, it gets bland. So you're willing to step out on the edge and take things further. Yeah,
1: you know, anymore, I don't, I don't care if we're considered popular or not or anything. I just feel like, you know, it's, if it's going to be an artistic representation of, of who we
0: are as people and reflect our own minds, then sure, I'm going to run with it. One of the songs, Rehab, I mean, that's quite a song dealing with addiction and looking for something more. How did that song come to be recorded?
1: Um, th- th- It's interesting because it was, part of it was from my own personal perspective, and part of it was just also from, from perspectives of friends and family that I've seen over time. I mean, everyone struggles with their own vices and addictions, whether it be alcohol or drugs or, you know, uh, prescription medications even, you know, I mean, even things that are legal and you should be taking for proper uses can also become a a crutch and you know there's there's so many things out there and i think it's something that's relatable to a lot of people my my own personal perspective from that song is that you can try to deal with all these things on your own but and that song was more my own reflection of relying on god in my personal perspective for that kind of strength to break off of those kind of things because sure you can you can treat it with any kind of earthly remedy. But in the end, I think that there's a lot of things that that can just be taken care of if you just kind of refocus on God a little bit more.
0: Here's another one. The single monarch from Trilateral. I mean, that's outstanding. It's really critical of our supposed freedoms in a democratic society. But why focus on that? And why specifically use the word monarch?
1: Well... As far as the, the focus on the actual song, uh, I, I think that that there's been a drastic shift, especially in uh, my own perspective of uh, America in general, and a lot of other countries as well, where we live in this idea that we have all these freedoms, but at the same time you see an excessive overreach of government control. And I think, uh, especially like for example in our music video, we kind of used a lot of clips of police brutality, like in blind patriotism was kind of the feel I was trying to give people. Um, I think that, that those are good representations of how dangerous uh, that kind of control can be. Because I think that individual liberties are something that should be respected. And I don't know if the government really fully supports that. Um, as far as monarch goes, the actual title was taken from a, a older conspiracy theory that's been out there for a while. It's not necessarily something that I necessarily subscribe to myself, but I thought it was an interesting title to use. There's a, there's a conspiracy theory revolving around uh, something called Project Monarch, which was, uh, if you know anything about some of the old declassified documents from uh, like CIA and some of the other uh, government agencies in the U.S., Project Monarch was the after project of something called the MK Ultra program. So that was a uh, government experimentation with mind control aspects. It sounds a little bit crazy and everything, but it's something that I've, I've personally liked to uh, study. And it's something that you know has been declassified There's real documents out there that the government had to release under the Freedom of Information Act uh, addressing all of these. And uh, I thought, you know, how crazy is that? that government is investing money and controlling the minds of citizens. How dangerous and and ridiculous does that sound? And it sounds like something you'd seen in some kind of movie, but there's documents you can just search for that have all that information. Um, So that's kind of where I pulled it from, especially like the lines in the song, this is brainwashing at its finest. And it kind of was just tying all that in. It was kind of like the pinnacle of government excessive control.
0: Well, and it's true because even in Canada, oh, I think it was about two years ago, the government actually had a proposal where the government would be allowed to actually read private citizens' email. And of course, looking at it from a terrorism standpoint, but often it's circumstances like that where they feel they can just start to step over the boundaries. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, safety is an important aspect to securing society, but... At what point do you draw the line and say, we're sacrificing our individual liberties for the sake of a little bit more security? And the more we give up our own rights, the more you have more control and less liberties. It's, is it really worth it? I'd rather live a little bit more dangerously and have our liberties instead and have our privacy, really.
0: My Ransom Soul sort of covered this topic before with Dystopia from your Falsehoods album. Yes. So would you consider America and I I guess by extension Canada's societies to be dystopian? I I don't consider them currently to be that way, no. Um, I I think there's still a lot of things
1: that would have to happen before something of that drastic of a term could be used. But it's more watching, uh, kind of watchful eye for something like this. Uh, I think the history can easily repeat itself and you've seen some tyrannical governments that have uh, existed over time and I think it's a little ridiculous that in any part of the Americas that we think that 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 kind of thing can not happen here just because we're so sectioned off our own little world but what what happened in places like Soviet Russia or Nazi Germany why can't that happen here what what is preventing that it is some people could can bring a whole bunch of different arguments to the table for that but it's more just getting people to think about that if anything
0: and I know and often we all sit there and say, oh, we could never fall into that. But it's easy when it's done a step at a time. No, I, I,
1: I completely agree. And you're never going to I don't think you're ever going to see something where it's going to happen overnight. But little by little, it's taking a stand for your own rights and your own privacy. And I think little by little, we can have that stripped away. If we don't if we aren't mindful. And that's really all it is. I'm not trying to start like a political revolution, obviously. I mean. I'm not asking anyone to really actually rise up and do something. I'm looking for for people to be mindful and to to watch and to be conscious of what is going on in our society.
0: So that means you don't have to be worried about Homeland Security coming and knocking on your door?
1: (laughs) I mean, it it really
0: depends. (laughs) I I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but uh, (laughs) you never know. But, you know, it's not just your song, Monarch, that looks at these problems. I mean... What are some of the other ones on the album? Um,
1: on this album specifically, there's three that really stand out to me. Um, but the two that like really, I put, I feel like I put a lot more time and effort into. One was Monarch, and the other one was Mockingbird. And Mockingbird, believe it or not, was actually um, this is another government declassified uh, program that you can look up. Operation Mockingbird. It, it was in the 1950s. Um, Operation Mockingbird was a secret campaign by the United States CIA uh, in order to influence media. Uh, basically, it was a push to have their own agents within the news media realm to kind of just inundate with their own agenda. And I, I think that news media is one of the most dangerous forms of propaganda that any government can use, not just not just the United States, but, but any government. I mean, really, you you can really form the minds of your citizens by pushing an agenda that people will believe. I can't stand television news anymore. I feel like when I watch it, I'm just watching whatever agenda that the station is trying to push through. It's never really fully news. It's let's, let's, let's bend this truth to see if we can push our own perspective on other people. And so the whole song is more critical of the mass media machine we see so that's that was my uh reasons for dictating that song
0: There's one of your songs that I haven't been able to sort out so you're going to have to help me with this sure what is the title track from Trilateral all about Trilateral
1: <laughs> the The actual song was uh, something that was kind of put together last minute but there's there's a bunch of different reasons why we chose Trilateral. Honestly, at first, we weren't really sure what to name the album. We couldn't really all agree on the name. Um, but the background noises you hear on there is actually um, an interview, uh, a man named Henry Kissinger. Uh, he is, he uh, is known for being part of something called the Trilateral Commission, is uh, one of his big things that he's known for. Basically, in, in a nutshell, he's, he's a very big uh, globalist. He pushes for a lot of uh, uh, globalist ideals. And we just felt like it was fitting for like the idea of a big government and all that. We thought that it would be interesting to just kind of throw one of his interviews about creating an international government system. Because, I mean, these are, these are things that a lot of politicians put out there on the table of creating like a one central unit of government. So in the background, it's it's kind of muffled, but on that track, you can hear, if you pay attention closely, you can kind of make out what he's saying about forming an international system. If anything, Trilateral was, the actual title was more of a focus. A lot of the symbolism we've used and everything come a lot from uh, organizations such as that and also from ancient symbolism such as like freemasonry and uh and like pyramids and stuff like that we've used a lot of uh symbolism there to just kind of show how a lot of these background institutions and society and secret societies have kind of
0: influenced world powers over time okay so my ransom soul has pointed out the flaws in society but Mm -hmm. are is the band out to offer solutions or simply raise more questions
1: I mean, as far as actually offering solutions, I think that it's more for getting people to question things, the the, the ideas around them. Um, I, I, that's I really just want to get people to get people thinking about certain things, things that people usually don't think about. Like I, I definitely have my own personal opinions on how certain things can be fixed within society, uh, but. That's not necessarily why I'm here. I'm more here to get people to just take a look at the things around them and just start asking tough questions. I I think that's really the first step in finding solutions. I'm definitely not going to say that I have all the answers, but I'm willing to be critical of the system that we currently have.
0: Do you think that most of society is just too accepting and passive and non-critical? I think it's more apathetic than anything. Uh, (laughs) no no really oh i don't even know what i feel about that <laughs> <laughs> sorry i, like, I couldn't I let lot, that go
1: i feel like a lot of people are sometimes misinformed and i think a lot of people just don't really care enough about certain things and i'd much rather have someone that has a different perspective than the me on these issues than to have someone that just doesn't have a clue about what is going on i mean, uh, that's that really frightens me is the fact that no one seems to care as much as they should about world issues and world affairs. And I think that that apathy allows for a lot of harm, if anything.
0: The final track on Trilateral, Revive, seems to have the band looking for a redemptive ending. But was this intentional with that song?
1: Well, you know, it's it's interesting because like, I've talked a lot about like my own personal views on on political aspects and world affairs in this album, but there was actually a lot of a lot of tracks on this album that were more just a reflection on my own self or other things that I've just dealt with personally, not even, not anything political at all. When I wrote revive, it was more of me dealing with my own faith as, as a Christian and dealing with the doubts and the concerns that often can come to someone that has, you know, kind of grown up with a faith background and it it was more just me kind of putting my own thoughts and and concerns about my own faith on the paper uh there's a part in there where i you know it it kind of seems like uh, you know you're reaching out trying to to get uh restoration really for your fading faith if anything because i mean we all have our struggles where we go up and down in our faith and that was more of like a calling out for help and reviving of,
0: of one's faith. And my, from my own personal perspective, really. Brandon, before we go, tell us how to track down my ransom soul online. Well, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram, depending on what your uh,
1: choice of social, uh, social networking is. Uh, you can also find us on Bandcamp as well. Uh, that's where we're taking pre-orders. Uh, you can order a new album for like five bucks off of Bandcamp. It's just myransomesoul.bandcamp.com. And uh, when the album's released, you can also find us on basically any digital distributor, such as iTunes
0: or Amazon, whatever works for you. Okay, so final question for you, Brendan. Sure. Are you going to be a politician or are you going to be a preacher? <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be going both routes. Um, well,
1: for me, it's, I'd, I'd like to stay away from either, really. It's more of me just being a person that, that kind of just likes to reflect on tougher issues. And I, I don't really aspire to do either, but I'll do whatever I feel led, to, whatever I feel I'm led to do. Uh, but as far as I can see, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have any uh, seminary uh, aspirations
0: or uh, political offices that I'm really thinking of taking. We've been speaking with Brendan Fry of My Ransom Soul. Man, thanks a lot. This has been a really interesting conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people don't really uh, fully expect some of the things we go over when you talk to me about some of the things I I write about. So I figured, you know, I got to write about something that's passionate to me and my faith and my views on politics are definitely things I'm passionate about.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, I appreciate your time.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I, I really did have fun actually doing this. So I really appreciate it.